This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. That is the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com flagship podcast. Yeah, we've been doing it for a long time now. I'm Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And that guy to the left of me. He's uh, messing with his hat. That's Lance Williams. What's up, Lance? What's happening, ladies and gents? I got to make sure you guys see the, what is it called? A fuzzball? It's a tassel. A tassel. Okay. That is? Ah, That's what we've always called it. Growing up, what did you call that hat? A beanie. A beanie. Mm, See, where I grew up, we called that a toboggan. I I used to, they used to call it toboggans as well. That's my real parents old school, would, my, though. My parents would say, "Hey, make sure you go grab a toboggan," and so we'd run back in the house and we'd get our hat. And but isn't but, a toboggan a sled? Well, but words can have more than one meaning. True. You know, like look no. at the word "run." You can run. You can have a run in a stream. You can have a run in your hose. There's a lot of yeah. Different I don't. I don't want to. You know, do my Pittsburgh <laughs> joke. You know, I know that words aren't your thing. You're no, a numbers no. guy. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to say my joke about West Virginia. Well, you've said and, that enough. You said that. Yeah, that's a bargain. That's a bargain. That's right. That's right. Now I have heard that though. Yeah, but I, it's it's very localized to that area. Anywho, let's get started. Pittsburgh Steelers talk. That's what you're here to hear. That's what you're here to hear. Those are two different spellings there for Lance out there. He's clever. Ah, I do my best. The standard is the standard. We've been doing this for a long time. And before we get started, if you're watching live on YouTube and you're in the live chat, we we hope that we really appreciate you first and foremost. But secondly, like this show, give us a comment, you know, be a part of the live chat if you want to. And then also, you know, make sure you subscribe to the channel. 
make sure that you set up your notifications. And if you're on audio platform, follow whatever platform you use. So like, for instance, I use Spotify, hit that follow button so that you're notified every time there's a new podcast. If you're an iTunes guy, leave a good comment, subscribe to the channel there. Lance, you use iTunes, set your platform of choice. I use Overcast, but okay. I, I, I I probably subscribe to the show on 10 different platforms. You know, I try to cheat the numbers. <laughs> Big up to Steeler for Life. Steeler for Life must be from Pittsburgh because Skullcap is actually what I grew up. That's what it was called when I grew up was a Skullcap. Hmm. And uh, and Philip, um, big up to Philip. He said you're going to make him into Captain America. Captain America, that's right. Yeah, I've actually spoken to Philip off the air. He followed me on Instagram, sent me a message, and here see it now, is. Steeler see now, Nation. see now, <laughs> see now, see now, Philip, Philip. <laughs> see Philip, you're going to have to check in. We want some before and after pictures. Well, you'll get it. You'll get it. Uh, yeah, we want him on the show, Philip. So you better be following the program, Philip. This is Jeff. This is J21. That's I mean, right. You got to represent J21 well, Philip. So we want to see. Now you've been exposed. We're going to put you on YouTube. Nobody shaming. <laughs> uh, you better get down and you better get with it, man. Speaking of which, just a complete sidebar. The, he says JH21. He's referring to the TB12 line of everything i was looking for a new protein powder the other day do you know how expensive his stuff is like it was in the google search the tv12 plant-based protein powder it's like 45 dollars for like an eight ounce bag it is absorbent incredible i was like wow that's blue magic (laughs) tom brady tom brady's making out that's a bank he's selling that t magic well you know he has to sell t magic to make up for all of those alleged pay cuts he was taking when he was making still 30 million and not 32 allegedly. Well, you know, that whole story about how the Patriots were funding his TB 12 program. And then the TB 12 program was paying Tom Brady. That's that's, that's old. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. All right. (laughs) Let's get things started. Look, I'm an offensive guy. And more than that, I'm a Ben Roethlisberger guy. We know this. Everyone knows this, and here we go. Let's start off talking about some offense today. We're going to be focusing on the offensive side of the football on this episode, and the the headline that we're going to start off with is, how is this Steelers offense going to look if it's going to be successful in 2020? Now, first, let's assume, and I know that it's a big assumption, that Ben Roethlisberger is healthy and able to play, for the dura- the majority of the season. We'll put it that way. The vast majority. He is in the lineup. Lance, tell me what you think. Like, describe it for me. Well, if you can, What are the you, Steelers going to do? If you're, if you're looking at the show on YouTube, you know, I'm rubbing my elbow with the J20, with the JH21 salve, uh, <laughs> you know, but. Deer antler spray. <laughs> See, this has gone left because <laughs> the live chat has gone left as well. Here in the live chat, I'm seeing gorilla testosterone, like yeah. all types of stuff in the live <laughs> chat. It is, it is absolutely wow. But I think, you know, and we'll get into it later in the show, but I, but I think it's going to be a, you know, not a home run hitting offense because we and Jeff were talking about. In the last 17 years, I was so bored one day. I was just looking at uh, Steeler passing plays 
for like the last 17 years under Ben Roethlisberger. And I swear, and I'm going to ask um, the Oracle Dave Schofield to figure this out. Um, what's I think the Steelers under Ben Roethlisberger have had a long completion of at least 65 yards every single season. He likes to throw the ball deep. I mean, that's one thing. That's the one staple of Ben Roethlisberger is probably improvising, getting sacked, and, and completing the deep ball and winning games You know, and, and passive-aggressive comments. So you put all those five things together. You just had to throw that in there. You just had to throw it in there. <laughs> I had to throw it. I'm sorry. I had, I mean, you know, I had to hit him with a kidney shot. Um, I think the offense is going to look a lot like it did and that would be what 2018 under Randy Feetner, mm-hmm. where it would be a little more conservative, a little more run after the catch, a little more focused on completing passes, um, as opposed to being super ultra aggressive with downfield throws. I think it's going to be more trying to get more yards after the catch and more out of, um, you know, not trying to be so aggressive downfield. So I think it's going to be a singles and doubles offense as opposed to a triples and home run offense. So I think you're going to see higher completion percentage, uh, more efficiency on third down, so on and so forth, where he's cerebrally playing the position more so that that kind of late Todd Haley, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, where he was really more cerebral than earlier in his career. I don't think they're going to go back to just because he had the surgery, you're going to see Ben Circa you know, Wiz and Hunt or early Aryan seven-step drops really trying to just take advantage of the bionic Big Ben arm and throwing the ball downfield. I think it's going to be a little more run after the catch, singles and doubles offense. Well, you kind of answered my question I was going to ask you, and that was would you sacrifice explosiveness for more efficiency? And it sounds like you're saying yes, right? Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, it, it, it's – but I think you have to do it smartly, because I still think you need to it, – it, it's still very hard to sustain 10, 12, 14 play drives, you know, 8, 9. You know, long drives are hard. Typically, somebody's going to make a mistake. You're going to give up a sack. Another team is going to make a good play. They're going to have a play, good play call on defense and, and be able to, to, to beat you that way. So, so I think that uh, the offense is going to be more small ball, more efficient. I just hope that they don't turn into the Todd Haley bubble screen. Everyone remembers what that was like, and that was awful. Um, you know, it, it worked on occasion. They would hit Martavis Bryant out on the flat, and he'd get five yards because obviously the defender's playing off. That's No, no one wants to see that. I, I just hope that's not what this evolves into in terms of efficiency. I'm all for efficiency. But Lance, answer this question. Where does the running game play come into come into play here? Well, you know, I mean, James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell Jr., a rookie, Kareth White. I don't care who it is. In terms of efficiency, in terms of this offense, where does the running game fit into how this team is going to win with a with a I guess you could just say a competent offense in 2020? Jerry Cherry Ben. Now, who's Jerry Cherry? Is that a rock star of some That's sort? That's his band. 
Oh, that's that's his actual band. So yeah, that's he's in a band. He's a he's always in on the preview, man. He's a good guy. Oh, pick up the Jerry Cherry, and I'm laughing at Jerry Cherry's comment, wishful thinking. He's probably right that it probably is wishful thinking that the offense is going to go to a smaller, more efficient double singles offense. It probably is wishful thinking because guess what you don't do, Jeff? You don't get your elbow repaired to hand the ball off. I mean, no, you don't fling that rock. <laughs> I mean, we know <laughs> this. I mean, we know, we know that he's going sling- mean, to. You sling that we, thing. Yeah. We know he's going to throw it. Like no one's debating is Ben going to throw the ball. Like we know he's going to throw it. My question is, how did they? Let me rephrase it. This might help you out a little bit. How do they utilize the running backs in this offense to make it even more efficient and make it more stable? I'm going to say the offense. I'm, I'm going to answer it by giving a percentage of run, pass, pass, run. I'm going to start with the pass. I'm going to go with 65 plus percent pass. 35 oh. run. I, I think the run is going to be complimentary. Are you serious? 65, 35? Ben's got oh. two years left, man. <laughs> going down he, the place he, of glory. He, he's not coming back to hand that rock off. No way. <laughs> he's not throwing a Nerf ball in the gym and growing that beard to come back and hand the thing off. And, and I don't want him to, honestly. I don't want him to hand it off to that complement of running backs. I think that would be foolhardy. If anything, you throw it to him, but you don't hand it to him. I mean, it's going to be Big Ben 65 to 70% throw it. He's going to be throwing it out the yard. He's going to feel frisky. Look, Jeff, the signs are there. His arm is repaired. He says he feels healthier than he ever felt before in his life. That's one. Two, he said, I'm not fat. I'm actually in the best shape that I've been in in the last 10 years. I feel better than ever. So, So add the two together. Better shape, better arm does not equal handoff. Maybe that should be an algebraic equation. Uh, BA plus BS does not equal HO. He's not handing the ball off. He's chucking that thing. Yeah. Well, here's a question. Let me find it quickly. Um, that Jerry Cherry Band asked, and he's, well, we've talked about him a lot. Be honest here, Lance. He said, can Ben be a team player? For those that are listening in audio, can Ben Roethlisberger be a team player? Now, now, Lance, I want you to put your hatred towards number seven to the side. Look at what it was like the last two years, mainly 2018. And do you think Roethlisberger put the team in front of himself and maybe that'll actually equate to wins? What do you think? Hmm. Yes, I think he can put himself in front of the team. Did you, did you hear how I answered that? That means I, I said he's going to be selfish in a nice way. I mean, Ben's going to be Ben. I mean, Ben's not going to change. I mean, Ben got a. Uh, I mean, Ben got a restructured contract. He got twenty one million dollars for not playing. I mean, why would Ben change? Clearly, however, Ben has been. You see the two the Bens. Ben has been. Mm-hmm. You yeah. see how Ben has been over the course of his career that. Why would he change? I mean, he's getting paid. He's got paid almost $250 million. Why change? Ben is going to be about Ben, and hopefully that is about that includes winning. I mean, I mean, Ben's going to slang that thing. If they win as a result, they win, but he's going to play how he wants to play in the last two years of his career. And I don't and I don't blame him. I mean, I don't I don't know if he'll be like his idol number seven and hand the reins over and the responsibility of being an efficient offense to another player. But if you look at the Steelers offense, who is that other guy anyway? 
I mean, they don't have another guy that can carry that offense. So it's got to be bionic Big Ben. To me, if we bring it full circle back to the initial question, and that is how's the offense going to look? It all depends. And I think about when this offense was at its peak. And in me, in my opinion, that was about from 2014 to 2017. And that was when you had the killer bees, Brown, Bell, Bryant, Ben. I mean, they had a myriad of weapons every single time they lined up. And you saw this was when, especially 2014, that's when Le'Veon Bell almost had a thousand yards receiving. They were so concerned about the deep threat to Bryant. They were concerned about Antonio Brown. They would be so far off the line of scrimmage. The box would be so light. Everyone remembers those little dinky passes of Le'Veon Bell, and he would take 10, 15 yards at a chunk. Do you think this offense has the receivers to to require that amount of respect from a defensive secondary to allow someone like James Conner, who has proven that he can catch the football out of the backfield and allow him to get in space and then to utilize the pass as an extension of the run with those short passes of the running back? I don't think so. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I think they're going to have to, I think with the addition of Ebron, not Enron, Ebron, (laughs) as I'm getting ripped every week in the comments about my pronunciation of the tight end's name, Ebron. They must be first-time viewers of the show because Lance has been butchering names since like Yes, Ebron. (laughs) No, I don't think they have that one player in the wide receiver core that a team is overly concerned with that you're going to absolutely put absolutely put double coverage on that you're you're going to give the ab respect factor to mr third and fifth however i think when you add the weapons together as a collective i still think they're very dangerous and i was going to ask you jeff looking at their offense what is the missing piece from the skill position perspective my thought it is it is that big bodied wide receiver that's like martavis bryant well, I don't think it has to even be a big body receiver. It's just a, a a speedster, someone that can really stretch the field. And maybe that's Deion Kane. I don't know. And that's what everyone, some people laugh at that because we saw a very small sample size of Deion Kane. But, you know, when we had Chris Carter on the show last week of DK Pittsburgh Sports, he spoke very highly of Kane and what he thought he was able to do in the <laughs> short amount of time. But Deion Kane combined, or honestly, James Washington, I'm not saying he's that uber threat that everyone's, oh my gosh, I got to back up. That guy goes up and gets the ball. He's a, he is a deep threat. I don't think they have that either. And I think that's what they're missing. I agree with you hundred percent, but at the same time, I'm not sure if, if that isn't already on the roster with a guy like Kane, because we don't know what they have. Like, I don't know if he could fill that spot or not. If you're just looking for someone that can just run a vertical, Kane can do that, and he's big, and he can draw penalties. We saw that last year, and when given the opportunity, he can make plays. I don't know. It'll have to be – he'll have to do a play like Martavis Bryant did against Leon Wood years ago 
when he just ran past Leon Wood in Cincinnati and caught the bomb. And it was just ridiculous because when you watched Martavis Bryant on film, Martavis had a deep safety. I mean, you had to put a deep safety to his hash. I mean, he got that type of coverage all the time and he created crazy amounts of space for AB and those guys to work. And and thank you, Jav man or Jave man. See, I wanted to pronounce your name two different ways. I think it's Jav man. I don't know. Jav, Jave, Jive. <laughs> <laughs> he said, good to see Lance working on his pronunciations <laughs> during the show. I send him, I send him his sight words every day. <laughs> yes, I do. E Bron. See, I told you I'd be able to do that one again because it's like LeBron, but with an E in front. Exactly. E yeah. Bron. Very so, good. You know, I, I don't know. I I wrote an article uh, this past week about or earlier in the week, I should say. I, I, I was watching the Super Bowl 43 replay and I got all nostalgic. And then I started thinking about 2005 and I got all nostalgic. And I started thinking about how every one of those teams kind of has that magic. You know, those special plays that that equal a championship, whether it's Ben's tackle, whether it is. James Harrison's interception return, whether it's San Antonio Holmes, tremendous catch in Super Bowl 43, whether it's sometimes just crazy luck, like Carson Palmer's knee injury in 05 in the uh, wildcard round in Cincinnati, all this stuff. And I kept on thinking about the, the lineup that you said it to me. And this one got me thinking, you said that 2008 offense sucked. <laughs> That's what oh, it was you terrible. said. It you was, said it was they terrible. sucked. So oh, let's yeah. look at the, let's look at the weapons that they had though. Heinz Ward. This is a receiver, obviously. Heinz Ward. Was Randall L. on the team at that time? I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't think so. Nate no, Washington. No. Nate yes. Washington. Santonio Holmes. Santonio Holmes. Heath Miller. And, and that was really the extent of it. They didn't have a lot of weapons, and yet they were still able to make enough plays. They had a really good defense. I'm not going to say they, that. Well, they, they had an incredible defense. I think they had Gary Russell. I think was a running back. I think Fast Willie Parker, I think, was still there. Yep. Mendenhall, I believe, was was a rookie. No, no, Mendenhall no, wasn't he, there. No, no, that was uh, we saw Moelle Moelle Moore, Moelle I Moore. Think, Moelle Moore. Kerry Davis, I think, was still yep. there. I remember they yeah. handed it off to Kerry Davis on fourth down, expecting Kerry Davis to get it, and he got stoned. It was Wait. just terrible. This was against Dallas, because I was watching the Dallas game. And, you know, one of the uh, underrated plays of that year was DeShay Townsend's pick six against Tony Romo to seal that victory against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. At one point in that game, the Steelers had 79 total yards of offense with about seven minutes to go in the third quarter. It was just it was just absolutely terrible. They couldn't block anybody. They couldn't get anything going. And and it's funny you say that. Looking at Ben's statistics that year, I think at that point in time in the year, he had like 13 touchdown passes, maybe 16 interceptions. I mean, they really struggled that year on offense. I don't believe they scored 20 points per game that year on offense. They were just ridiculous on defense. Well, I think that this offense this year will have will have more weapons if everyone can stay healthy. And that's a big if. That's always the if. I feel like I shouldn't have to say that every show whenever we talk about potential for a team, but I do. Health is going to be key. But, you know, speaking of looking back at those previous games, speaking of number seven, Ben Roethlisberger, you brought up a really good question to all the podcasters in our group text, and you said, can you throw this out on Twitter? 
And so I went on our Behind the Steel Curtain Twitter feed, which if you don't follow us, you can. It's at BT Steel Curtain. And I asked the question, which was, under which coordinator was Ben Roethlisberger the best? Now, this was not a right or wrong. This was your opinion. So if you're in the live chat right now, the op- options obviously were Ken Wisenhunt, Bruce Arians, Todd Haley, or the current offensive coordinator, Randy Feedner. So you have to think back to all those years, the early years with Ken Wisenhunt, which was basically run, 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 gadget play, throw on occasion. Then he opened up under Arians. Ben almost got killed on multiple occasions. Haley, it was <laughs> keep Ben upright, be more efficient. And then Randy Feetner, well, welcome to Randy land, folks. No one knows what to expect in 2020. So people were chiming in in the live chat. We'll read some of these. Ezra says Bruce Arians. Um, Mule Skinner says Todd Haley. Um, Crazy Chris, you can't pick two. That doesn't count. You have to pick one. Just Me said Haley. Um, Jerry Cherry Band says BA. Uh, Snowman agrees with Bruce Arians. So why don't you have the Twitter? Do you have the Twitter feed up right now? I do have the Twitter feed, but let, let, let's, let's, uh, before we get into the, the numbers on the Twitter feed, let me give you friend of the program, uh, two time Super Bowl champion, Max Starks's mm-hmm. quote on it. And Max said he thinks it's BA, but he thinks it's very close. And he said he thinks it's the difference between. chemistry and success versus stats and skill players that under BA, he had a better chemistry with BA and more success. They won a Super Bowl under BA and went to another Super Bowl. So they went two Super Bowls, one, one versus stats and skill players, better stats under Haley, better skill players under Haley. That's a, that's a locker room take. That's no joke. That's Max Starks. He was in the locker room. But it's it's not a locker room take like it's it's a bad take. It's a locker room take because he brings up a point that I never would have thought of. I never would have thought of trying to tie the fact that Bruce Arians and Ben Roethlisberger were golfing buddies and they hung out all the time. They were BFFs and they loved each other so much that that's why he would pick that. But, you know, it makes sense when you look at it that way. Todd Haley, we all know that they did not see eye to eye all the time. But like you said, the skill position players were out of this world. I don't know. Let me give you some stats. Let me give you some stats to compare B.A. Because I think we're all eliminating Randy Feetner. Well, Randy Feetner is basically Ben Roethlisberger as the coordinator. So we're we're eliminating Ben Roethlisberger and slash Feetner coordinator. And I think we're eliminating Wisenhunt because he was very young under Wisenhunt. And, um, you know, he just played a couple of years under Wisenhunt. I think just two years under Wisenhunt, or actually three years under Wisenhunt from 04 to 06. Let me give you some stats. So here are the stats for Arians, and I'll give you Arians first, then Haley. So under Arians, he played 73 games. Under Haley, he played 86. Ironically, he started all 73 under Arians, and he started 85 under Haley. He won 51 games, 51 and 22 under Arians. Won 70% of the games. 55 and 30 under Haley won 65% of the games. Under Arians, he was um, 1,446 for 2,221, completed 63% of his passes, threw for 18,000 yards. Uh, For Todd Haley, completed roughly 2,000 passes, attempted about 3,100, completion percentage 65%. 
threw for about 25,000 yards. Under Arians, 113 touchdowns. Under Haley, 164. The big number between the two is sacks. Um, Under Arians, he was sacked on average 40 times a season. So he was sacked probably close to, (laughs) if I just look at it just because I didn't do the raw number, the sum of the sacks. Let me give you the sum really quickly here. He was sacked 215 times in five seasons under Arians. And he, (laughs) wow, which is just, which is just, which is just nuts. And in, let's see, six seasons with Haley, he was sacked 163 times. So definitely better statistically. They won more at a higher percentage under Arians, won a Super Bowl, went to two Super Bowls. Uh, but definitely Max's point definitely resonates is that statistically, and although he played a couple more seasons, it's not, you know, apples to apples in terms of seasons. You can really see that Ben flourished as a quarterback under Haley. One more under Arians got beat up, got beat half to death under Arians, but was way more efficient yards per game, 250 under Arians. Under Haley, 285, he had a higher rating, um, had a, a slightly higher QBR. Uh, so definitely what, what Max is saying is statistically definitely better under Haley. Winning, um, definitely better under Arians. And chemistry, definitely better under Arians. So I, I, I think it's tough. And I'm kind of, I'm not certain who I'm going to give the nod to. Well, I want to mention something, though. You, you look at these statistics, and everyone always says, you know, Arians is going to get quarterbacks killed, at least in the first year. And that's what it was like, Tom Brady's going to die in Tampa Bay because Arians just knows how to get quarterbacks killed. If you look at the overall, the you know, the landscape of the Steelers at that time when Arians took over, they were still a defense-first team. They were veteran on the defensive side. You think about the offensive lines they had were, you know, just – kind of patchwork you know whether it's willie cologne chris kimoyatu um gosh i mean some of the tackles they threw out there were, were god awful um centers like justin hartwig um i know i'm forgetting some but still it wasn't until towards the end of arian's time that they really started to invest in the offensive line todd haley basically inherited marquise pouncey david DeCastro. Ramon Foster, Marcus Gilbert, although I think Marcus Gilbert might have been drafted when Haley was there. But what I'm saying, I guess I know that I'm I'm not a huge Bruce Arians fan, but I feel like the sack numbers, some of it falls on the organization for not addressing the offensive line until towards the end of his tenure. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you look at the sack numbers under Arians, and I remember doing this spreadsheet years ago. 47, 46, 50, 32, 40. And that's excluding all of the hits where he's getting contacted but not getting sacked because he's actually getting the ball out of his hands and the ball is going past a line of scrimmage. But for all intents and purposes, he might as well have gotten sacked. So if you added quarterback hits under Arians, I mean, he was getting hit, you know, close to 115, 125 times a year under Arians he was getting murdered and 
to your point, you could see that when they brought in Haley, it was largely because they needed to keep Ben healthy. They knew as an organization they could not keep Ben Roethlisberger getting hit like he was under Arians. As much as he may have liked playing under Arians, they had to preserve him and preserve his career. And I think that was the biggest reason why, you know, Arians was let go. Because at the time, Tomlin didn't want to let Arians go. You know, Tomlin was very much in the corner of Arians. And this seemed like this was an organizational decision, you know, made outside of the coach. No, I agree. So let's go over the Twitter results there. We had a, a lot of people, close to 1,400 people vote on this Twitter poll. Again, you can follow us at BT Steel Curtain. That's the Behind the Steel Curtain Twitter feed. All our articles and commentary go out there. So, Lance, what do you have there in terms of numbers? Now, Wiz and Hunt got 14%, and I understand that because they won a Super Bowl. Arians received 48%, Haley 36%, and Ben Roethlisberger, excuse me, Randy Feetner slash Ben Roethlisberger got 2%. I guess I'm trying to think. Um, and Jerry Cherryman asked, who is the OC in 05? That was Ken Wisenhunt. Um, I'm trying yes. to think to myself, who would vote for Randy Feetner out of these four options? Ben voted for Randy Feetner. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he got on Twitter. He was like, oh, my gosh, Randy, Randy, come on. Went to all his burner accounts, <laughs> voted a couple times. <laughs> let me give let me give the listeners the eras. Uh, Wisenhunt was coordinator from 04 to 06. Arians 07 to 2011. Haley was from 12 to 2017, and Feetner slash Ben Roethlisberger, 2018-2019. Okay. Yeah, and 2019 is tough to gauge with Feetner. I mean, we all talked about how we had some frustrations with him, but at the same time, the offensive coordinator was hurt. So there you go. Um, well, here's the evidence. I mean, funny, we're talking about statistics and you know, statistics and chemistry versus winning and all that. Statistically, Ben's best career was when he was his own offensive coordinator. I mean, his best statistical career year was under Randy Feet. 5,000 yards. I mean, he threw for 5,129 yards, completed 67% of his balls. Um, pause. Um, they were really good in the red zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had, I, had, I had to do that. Um, yards per game, 320. Um, I mean, he was he was awesome uh statistically that year. Uh I'm sorry, I had to 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 do that. That just that's a reflex. That's like that's what she said, jokes with me. It's just that you can't stop it. It's just part of life. It happens. Just, yeah, you yeah, so who so who was he best under Jeff? Like, so what's you? Give me your answer. Like, it was to me, it was Haley. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl. I know everyone got to a Super Bowl, um, but to get to the bowl, you're talking about a team effort and defense matters. If you're talking about who was Ben Roethlisberger best under, it was Todd Haley. He was more efficient. He was sacked less. Um, that's when he, in my opinion, wasn't the gunslinger and became more of a field general. He is not a Peyton Manning. He is not a Tom Brady. He never will be, but that was as close as he ever got to being that type of guy. So I would pick, I would vote for, if I were on the Twitter poll, um, I would vote for Todd Haley. You agree or disagree? Yeah, I hate to dis. I, I hate to agree. You know, it makes for better a better show when we disagree, but I, I, I agree 100% under Todd Haley. I mean, he actually was quarterbacking, playing playing 
the game with some subtlety and some deafness, some artistry, not you know a lot less sandlot, you know, reading defenses better, manipulating yeah. defenses. He just played more efficient. And, and I think he had to, honestly. I don't think he could have continued to play under Arians because I think physically he was just beat to death. And he kind of needed to allow his offensive playmakers to make some plays, get the ball out of his hands, throw the ball at shorter distances, and let guys make plays and stop taking hits. Uh, so, you know, I really, you know, he started to depend on his mind and less of his ridiculous physical ability. I mean, I think the thing we forget about Ben, Ben's a big boy. I mean, I've seen Ben in person numerous times. Ben's a big boy. I mean, Ben's 6'5", 6'6", you know, 245. You know, when I saw him, he was probably about 260, 270 because it was uh, it was in the offseason. But, you know, he, he I mean, he he was as big as um, what was the big tight end that he had, the blocking tight end um, that played with Heath Miller? Um, Johnson? No. Well, one, well, he looked like a tight end. When I saw Ben, I thought he was a tight end at first or a tackle that, you know, was Matt Spath. He looked like Matt Spath. Like for, I was like him and Matt Spath were basically the same size and Ben has great, crazy feet. I mean, his maneuverability at that size and his crazy feet just shows you just how ridiculously he is. He was athletically. And so, I mean, I just think under Haley, he started quarterbacking at a much higher mental level and he may not have liked Haley, but Haley got him to this last contract. Yeah. If I'm smart or if I'm, I think I am smart, but if I'm Ben Roethlisberger, Randy Feetner in the offensive quarterback group, whether that's Matt Canada, the new quarterback coach, I'm looking at what they did under Haley that was successful because I believe that there was one year where Haley had the best third down offense in the national football league. And then, and I think uh, I want to give credit to whoever said it because they hit, they took the words right out of my mouth. Ah, here it is. Ali, Ali Howard species, five, six, one, eight says Haley was the best OC, but just got too cute near the touchdown zone. That's poking fun of Brian Anthony Davis calling the end zone, the touchdown zone one time, but still you take Feetner in 2018. What did he do best? Red zone was awesome. Red zone. Red zone was all, was where they thrived in the red zone. So look at what, get the best of both worlds. Because I think those two quarterbacks, those two philosophies can mesh. You can't bring Arians in and say, let's do what he did. Because I don't think that's ever good, would ever happen or ever work. But I think that this offense, especially when you look at Ben and what he does well, and what he can still do well if he is healthy. Here I go again. If, if, if. We know that's the big if. But still, I feel like they could continue to run with that. But, you know, I think back under... Arians, we saw Ben get clobbered so many times. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So many times. Which hit on Roethlisberger resonates with you still? Is there one that stands out? Yes, absolutely. Bart Scott. <laughs> the Bart, the Bart, the Bart one. Hit. I've got another one. But I, go ahead. I, I, I thought he killed Ben. The Bart Scott hit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I thought Ben was dead. And there was a hit of a game I went to uh, when they played Cleveland. Ben got tattooed on the sideline, and I just knew Ben had torn ACL or whatever. It was the year where they played Cleveland, and then they played San Francisco in the lights out game because I was able to go to back to back games. I went to a game in Pittsburgh, and then I went to a game in Candlestick two weeks later. And Ben took a hit in that game, and I thought he was – I thought he had torn ACL. I thought he was just dead. But the Bart Scott hit, I, I mean, you know, if you guys are of the age, if you guys ever played Pac-Man, you ever played Pac-Man, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you played Pac-Man. So I'm dating myself. I played Pac-Man when it was in the arcade. And so they had these things called the ghost patterns where you could just go through the game in a certain pattern and you could – go right through Blinky or whatever his name was, right? The red one. I forget what the red one's name, the ghost, because he did a ghost pattern. That's what it looked like when Bart Scott hit Ben Roethlisberger. It looked like he (laughs) went through Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I really thought he killed Ben, and Ben actually got up after the hit. I couldn't believe it, but that was the hardest I've ever seen Ben get hit. Yeah, it was that or obviously the Holodinata punch to the nose where (laughs) his nose literally looked like a Z. (laughs) it's not supposed to look like that and hey shockingly they didn't call it that's amazing correct me if i'm wrong bart scott did not come on the blind side he he did he hit him square in the chest am i right no he came through his back he hit him blind side okay all right i think he came through his back and you saw ben kind of you know when you get hit in the back and both your arms go up yeah. Simultaneously and your back your your back comes through your chest and your arms, your shoulders concave. It looked like his shoulder blades touched themselves. That's how hard <laughs> he got. Well, you know, the funny the funny thing is though, you make fun of Ben a lot and you hate on Ben a lot. And I'll say this, um, Mule Skinner, so I'll put it on the screen here. He said Ben's tough. And you know, he can he can be a little bit dramatic with certain injuries and he can definitely pump them up. My wife still it's horrible. She's she's a horrible person for making fun of him during this. Do you remember when he had the spinal concussion? I want to say it was against Cleveland, like week 17, where he was just on the field, wasn't moving. We're like, what the heck? He didn't barely got touched. And turns out he was fine, obviously, but he was going off the field and he just barely put his thumb up. My wife still does that. She goes, He's such a drama <laughs> yeah. queen. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the funny thing is, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing. He is tough, man. You can't take that away from him. Oh, yeah, he's tough. I mean, all NFL players are tough. It's just the degree of toughness. They play with a high threshold of pain. And, you know, oftentimes as fans, we say, yeah, man, we I'd go out there and I'd play if I had all. You could make all that money. And I tell people, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do it. You, you, you wouldn't do it. After a couple of weeks, if you if, if your job asked you to essentially come to work feeling the worst that you've ever felt in your life 
and not only come to work, but to perform at a high level. And then you're going to get criticized by guys like you in the live chat and us on the mic. No way. I mean, part of their job description is taking drugs that enable them to play when they probably should. Yeah. And having like kidney failure and liver failure and stuff like that after their career because they took Tordal and shouldn't have been playing and should have been basically on the sidelines for seven weeks. Just just imagine Heinz Ward playing with a torn labrum as a wide receiver. He tore it in the first week and played another 15 games with a torn labrum as a wide receiver and didn't practice the whole year, but just played on Sundays. I mean, well, that- I, I bet, I bet Max could tell you some stories about his back. I know he has, he had back issues and stuff like that. Uh, who I mean, everyone remembers when Jerome Bettis remember when they were shooting up his hamstring and they hit a nerve and his leg went numb and he couldn't play. And it was, yeah, man, that was against the Ravens. I think it was, I, I believe think it, it wasn't. Was. A, yeah. Cause was. I got, cause I, I mean, during the quarantine man, I've been watching a bunch of Steeler games <laughs> over Cause ironically enough, if you guys want to watch Steeler games, I'm not going to rat anybody out on YouTube. Let's just say there are a ton of games on YouTube that you yeah. can watch. And this was a game, I believe it was the, it might've been a divisional round. When uh, right. Jerome Bettis got hurt against Baltimore the year they beat Baltimore three years in a row after Baltimore was defending uh, their championship. Ironically, I went to the game in Baltimore and watched Bobby Shaw. Well, I didn't see Bobby Shaw score the touchdown from Cordell because Steeler fan was beating up Raven fan in a bathroom. So, but that was entertaining because he was smacking those guys around. It's still one of the best sights I've ever witnessed at a, at a football game. There you go. There you go. Hey, uh, let's hear Crazy Chris puts $4.99 in the tip jar and says, uh, thank you guys all. I'm all here all day at work at the grocery store. Just wanted to say thank you, you guys, and the BTSC podcast. You keep me going strong. You guys rock. Thank you. And yeah, anyone man, else out safe. there. Stay that safe is, at a grocery store, man. Stay safe. I mean, anyone that's in the healthcare industry or is deemed essential and has to deal with the general public, like I know my – uh, father-in-law's wife, she, she works for, um, a financial firm, but they lock the front door. Like <laughs> She's basically right, in her office by right. herself. You're in a grocery store. You have no option. Like you're working yeah. with the general public and you're deemed essential. So obviously anyone out there, um, you know, let me just say this. Sure. Yeah. I had to go to, uh, Lowe's Lowe's is like home Depot in California. It might be Lowe's. There, in are, Maryland, Lowe's, yes. sure. there are Lowe's and, um, nationwide, you know, like, I mean, we all would know about social distance. So Lowe's has done a pretty good job of putting some stuff down, you know, in line. So you stay about six feet apart. I, I mean, I'm luckily my daughter was there. I almost caught a charge, Jeff. Uh, I mean, this guy was basically just rubbing my back in line. I'm just like, <laughs> dude, man, can you know, I, you know how you post up and, you know, you're in the yeah. post. You know, yeah. I had to hit him with a bow in the post. I had to swing an elbow like I was getting a rebound. And the guy looked at me like, why is this guy swinging elbows at me? I was like, dude, six feet. And my daughter kind of just said, there he goes again. Let me just <laughs> go stand over here because he's going to act like a fool. Uh, but, yeah, it almost got ugly. Yeah, I had to throw some bows. Uh, throw some bows. 
There you go. Now, Mule Skinner says you guys do uh, deserve an award for keeping the faith hard times for lots of folks. Um, I do want to say that, you know, we continue to do our podcast. Believe it or not, Lance, and I get, I'm privy to some of these emails from our podcast platform is actually Megaphone. And so we upload through, we pl- I insert ads through. Uh, podcast numbers are way up during this quarantine. Why? Everyone's sitting at home. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, like, yes. Thinking about, oh, you know, I could probably listen to a Steelers podcast, and then they look yes. it up and they find us, and that's great. But uh, thankfully, yeah, for, we're for, not essential. No, like, well, I'm well, essential. I'm essential. I can just work remotely, and but so I can just you. work remotely. So we're not essential enough to actually go outside. Yeah, Reed wants to know if what happened in line is what happened with Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> if you got you i don't know what show i did that but that that Shoot, is, that that was is a, a, you were on with me i don't know if it was a sunday show or a wednesday show i think it was a wednesday show yeah that that refers to a story where i almost had a physical confrontation with tupac and so the rumor is <laughs> i killed tupac they i should look not. into that they should look into that because i think that's still an unsolved mystery yes so. it is no but i i did not kill tupac uh no, Hot Wings and Hennessy probably killed Tupac. <laughs> well, not Hot Wings, right? Lemon Pepper? No, he liked uh, hot, he liked Hot Wings and Hennessy. But actually, ah, okay. Hot Ones killed Tupac, not Hennessy or <laughs> Hot Ones, actually. A whole bunch of Hot Ones actually killed Tupac. Pause. Uh, oh, my goodness. We're off the I rails, get it. officially. Yes, we are official. It's the end of the show. This was a great show because it was all offense, all Ben, all number seven. Lance probably hated it. He's probably going to listen tomorrow. Like this show is awful. I think it's great because no, let's I be honest. It. I like that question. I because because honest. I mean, Jeff, the question for next year is what's Ben going to be? I mean, that, that that's that's the question that's hovering over the entire building. I mean, with their defense, if Ben is right. They've got a great shot, particularly with TB12 going to the NFC and him about to be stretched out by B.A. Let's he is he is the linchpin, period. Yes, yes, he He is the linchpin. Yeah, no Ben. And, you know, hopefully they'll figure out a way to get a backup quarterback in here so that they don't lose the season. They're not going to need him. Ben's going to light this thing up, man. He's going to light up the AFC North like a friggin' Christmas tree. I say it before I'll say it again. No team has ever won the AFC North three years in a row since it became a division. None. Ravens have won it two years in a row. Their time's done. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, it'll, 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 uh, well, Steven, yeah. Steven, I, I, I understand. Hold on. I don't want to interrupt you. Steven says, when was the last time I did a desk pop? That's a joke. <laughs> September 2007 was the last time I did a test bomb. <laughs> that means have you, like, seen that's that, like, have you seen that movie, The Other Guys? Yes. With Will Ferrell that's and, Will Ferrell that's the one Walker. where they jumped off the roof and died. Yeah, and, but that's uh, the yeah, very okay. beginning. Yeah. That's the very beginning. The Rock and, and who Sam Jackson. Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they jumped off a building. He said, they, they go up to Will Ferrell and say, When's the last time you did your desk pop? He goes, What? He goes, You know, you shoot your gun in the office. Like, you mean shoot my firearm? He goes, Yeah. Like, when was the last time you did your desk pop? He takes his gun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's on Netflix now. So if you've never seen. <laughs> Uh, that movie, you have to see it. It is hysterical. You see, the t- vodka drinker, he says, I need a Tupac teardrop meme. That'd be that'd be 
that that'd be pretty funny. You know what, Jeff? We need for the show, and What's maybe that? Jerry. Uh, was it Cherry? Jerry, Jerry Cherry, Cherry Band. Band. I was going to say Cherry Jerry. Sorry, no, that's not it. Je- <laughs> pause. Pause. <laughs> um, Jerry Cherry. So Jerry Cherry. We need some. We need some intro music. Hmm. You know, we we need some intro music, and we need some background. Whoever was going to do the background, so the yeah, black background. Getting we, Ben with getting Ben with Bo. He's MIA. I haven't heard. I have his email. I'll have to send him an email. He's yeah, going to do a background. To, we need to glam this up. We need some Jerry Cherry band or something. Or maybe you, Jeff, you can hit us with some intro music. You play the guitar. Maybe I, I, I dabble. I dabble. Not sing. You don't sing, do you? I do. I actually do. You know what, like, well, uh, okay. Well, I, that, that's actually that's actually what I do best. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I've only played the guitar for a few <laughs> since uh, she went started. That was probably well, it's been a while. It's over well, a decade. Can we put before. you on auto tune, Jeff, so we may not recognize you? Yeah, like Chris you on, Malone. Yeah, put you on auto tune. <laughs> get you a bunch of you know, tattoos on your face, and uh, you know, craft some lyrics and hit you some, hit some harmonies. Yeah, man. Come on, Jerry Cherry. Uh, Jerry just said we can have his music license free. Nice. We'll work right. on that. It's the off season. Yeah, In the Jerry, meantime, as long as you, you're not, uh, you know, it's, we can't have explicit lyrics on YouTube. Right. We don't want to get banned, Jerry. Don't get us banned. <laughs> Ezra says it best. Hit the like button. People like, like, like hit the like button. People ask me like, why does it matter? It matters because it helps with the algorithm. The more likes your video gets, the more subscriptions you have. When people type in Steelers video or Steelers podcast, ours come up towards the top. And that's what we want. So, Lance, with that so said, Jack, send us off. Can I, can I do some wrestling? You said, why does it matter? Yeah. Can I do like a wrestling in person? It matters because I say <laughs> it matters. That's why it matters. I just had to channel my inner. They, rest, my they've inner been wrestling. running some old uh, WrestleManias recently on ESPN. Mm. And the, Rock- the early WrestleMania in LA. I went to that one. I don't know. You'd have to tell me what number it, it was. was. Like maybe it was my like it was maybe two. Well, two was when Hulk Hogan. Uh, I thought that was in New York. I thought I went when to he I body slammed went, Andre the Giant. I think I went to one in the sports arena. Okay. I think I went to early. I was a huge wrestling fan. I could do all the finishing maneuvers and everything. But the rock man, it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> it matters because I say it matters. And with that, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Amen. Watch out for that people's elbow. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Standard is the Standard. Take it easy. Be safe, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.